All right, welcome back. It's a new year, and I'm bringing my podcast back for the new year, and we're so excited to not only have Tom Fitton from Judicial Watch, but Cash Patel is in town at Truth Headquarters. So I said, Cash, come on. Come on and join us. Uh, Tom, we love you. You do great work for the American people. I will tell you during all the, the Russia hoax and all the other hoaxes and many things that are going on in Congress, there's no one better than Judicial Watch. You guys are always on top of things uh, and a very, very important piece to, I think, our, our nation's democracy because you're one of the few that's actually out there trying to make a difference. So thanks for being on the show. Well, we appreciate it. We appreciate your leadership back in the day and obviously now in your new position. And, you know, you and Cash and your colleagues over there on the Intelligence Committee, <clears throat> you know, did what Congress is supposed to do. Um, and I, my presumption is, despite um, the interests of the leadership <laughs> that you were working under, uh, to expose <laughs> this uh, the worst government corruption scandal in American history, which is kind of which which continues to this day. And you know that's why we looked at this. And you know I didn't know much about Trump before he came into office. Practically speaking, I'm sure you were, you both were in the same position. But the issue was, why is this man being abused by our government? And this was a, like a core government corruption issue where all the rules that we're used to having or, or that we presume were in place were thrown out the window in terms of his civil rights and civil liberties and abuses of power by these agencies. And, and they haven't stopped. They really not. They have not stopped, as we're seeing, you know, up until this very minute. Yeah. And look, it, do, it doesn't even get any worse. I mean, the breaking news this week with the fiasco around the Biden documents, which, you know, first of all, they knew this before the election. They knew it before they appointed a special counsel to target Trump for this. They held it. Uh, and then I think it was just the pressure that was put on that ultimately you had to have uh, Garland had no other choice uh, but to appoint a special counsel because they would look completely foolish, especially with And I think, thank God, the Republicans got control of the Congress, because I think had they not, I don't think they would have given a damn. I think they would have just brushed it under the rug. Biden could say, I got, you know, got the papers in my Corvette and nobody would have <laughs> gave a damn. But Cash, welcome. Uh, great to have you. Yeah, it's great to be back on Truth Social HQ, Tom. Good to see you. Well, I'm looking forward right. to seeing you live next week at the Judicial Watch Conference. Um, you know, back in our investigative days, I mean, I think yesterday's news cycle drowned out a major news story, the Twitter files, and how Adam Schiff and company tried to suppress the Nunes memo. And, you know, I've said this for a long time, all roads lead back to Russiagate. And I know we'll get to the new special counsel, Robert Herr, but Robert Herr, we have actually emails where he was part of uh, the DOJ uh, leadership that also wanted to block the release of the Nunes memo. So I'm wondering if you tell the audience, you know, what steps can Judicial Watch take to obtain those emails and those documentation so we can educate the American public on who this new special counsel really is and how they collaborated with Twitter and Swalwell and Schiff and others to suppress, you know, probably the most consequential memo, the Nunes memo to come out in congressional oversight history. Yeah, there's all these giant revelations in Twitter that the media is pretending aren't important. And uh, in the case of the, the famous, uh, and rightly so, Nunes memo, your memos, um, you have evidence showing that uh, Democratic senators were pressuring Twitter uh, to take this material down. 
by falsely alleging it was Russia uh, promoted misinformation. And they were associating groups and people who were pushing it with Russia bots. So when I was tweeting out, uh, release the memo, which was a famous hashtag at the time, <laughs> I guess your, your memo hadn't been released at all in part, right? I don't remember if it was partly no, released. It, it, yeah, it, it had not been. And just so the audience understands, when I talked about that I was going to release this information, the Democrats and the FBI put a stop to it and they paused it. I mean, they stalled us for probably a month and they put extreme pressure uh, not only on the leadership at the time, people may remember uh, Paul Ryan, the speaker at the time, had to fly back to Washington right after the new year. Rosenstein, the acting attorney general at the time, and Ray go in there and meet this, you know, it became you know, just a spectacle as they were trying to really stop us from, from showing their malfeasance. Well, during that time period, when the, when the public knew there was something that we wanted to release to the point it was released, hashtag release the memo went viral all over social media, including Twitter. And so, Tom, you were doing hashtag release the memo. I mean, you I mean, you kind of I mean, you must have some Russian background somewhere, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think I'm partly I'm partly Slovakian. So I guess that's not... <laughs> have you ever been to Russia, Tom? I mean, I don't know. Maybe I, I have been to Russia. Oh, there there, there you go. Yeah, yeah. That's the evidence <laughs> for you. But, you know, uh, while the release the memo, uh, Devin, I don't know if you remember this, but there was a song called Release the Memo <laughs> that was. someone actually put out. Maybe some of our truth social warriors can go find it. But well, and, and uh, just uh, to uh, remind folks, the memo was the first exposure of how the Obama gang and subsequent were the, the subsequent deep state during the Trump years were abusing the FISA process by lying to the courts uh, and uh basically laundering Hillary's disinformation. I hate to use the word disinformation since, you know, false information uh, created, now we know, by a Russian himself um, who was tied to Russian intelligence and worked with someone who was working uh, at one point for British intelligence, Christopher Steele. And that was laundered into the court without the court giving being given full, uh, full information or full context. And... Uh, they tried to tried to suppress that corruption from being exposed. In the case of these Twitter files, it shows they were trying to stop that from being pushed. That released the memo uh, hashtag by suggesting it was a orchestrated by Russian bots. And Twitter said, "What well, this is crazy. There's no there's no evidence that's taking place. It's it's like members of Congress. <laughs> Who are you kidding? And you know, and people like me." Well, it wasn't just members of Congress, and this is what I hope Judicial Watch will get into as well, not just subpoenaing the, or foying the records of, of, of Robert Hur, the new special counsel, but the January meeting that Devin was talking about with Rosenstein and Ray and him, myself and he and a couple other senior staffers were in, where Rod Rosenstein in January of 2018 threatened to investigate Devin and I because we were exposing his corruption. Little did we know, Devin and I at the time, that Rod Rosenstein and his sidekick, Robert Herr at DOJ, had authorized subpoenas into Devin's staff, me, um, at Congress to get my personal records. So he threatened it, but he had already done it. So the question has to be asked, and that's why I'm asking for Robert Herr's records, is what was your involvement um, in going after congressional staffers? We know you didn't want the memo out. But now you're personally attacking staff. And, and the reason that Robert Hur is so important before you answer, Tom, Robert Hur is now been 
the special uh, counsel that's been appointed to investigate Joe Biden and the Biden documents. I mean, you can't really make this shit up, really. We can. I try to be family friendly here, Tom, but I don't yeah, know what I'm else. More, to put you know, he's part of that. He was part of that uh, Rosenstein crew, as you point out, who uh, was anti-Trump and trying to uh, suppress information from coming out that would expose corruption. And you know, they were, as you were highlighting, and and that's a great story that you can't tell enough because I were. You know, it's one of these things you hear about and, you know, there were reports about it, I guess, a, a few years ago about how these they were threatening you. Uh, but then, you know, people move along. Well, to me, it's big news when you have Justice Department officials threatening with investigation members of Congress who are conducting their basic oversight function. And it would be it's probably useful to remind the new House members or the new House majority uh, yeah. that they're not going to be facing you know, uh, some, some, you know, hapless EPA official when they ask for records, they're going to be facing agencies that are willing to abuse their authorities and powers to retaliate. Yeah. And so they should give them no wiggle room and no breathing room in any investigation. And certainly her can be subject to FOIA investigations if he already isn't. <laughs> if I know Judicial Watch, we probably sent something out already. You know, but I, I just want to take a step back if we could about this whole scandal. You know, they threw out the rule book to target Trump. And, you know, the thing about having the rule book is it's there to protect you. <laughs> and Biden's finding he's he's gotten screwed or hoisted by his own batard. And, uh, you know, the interesting thing about this, and, and I don't know if I've told you this story directly, Cash or Devin, that, you know, 10 years ago, there were reports that this author had recorded Bill Clinton talking to members of Congress and foreign leaders. And as you know, that talking to a foreign leader, a president talking to a foreign leader about business is, in, is, is inherently classified. It's always classified until it's declassified. But Tr Clinton kept those tapes in his yeah. sock drawer. That became the Clinton <laughs> sock drawer tape. So right. we're thinking, well, those are, aren't those presidential records? And we, so long story short, we sued the archives to make them go get them. And the archives told us no. The Justice <laughs> Department at the time told us no. And the court, one of the most liberal jur jurists on the bench in the D.C. court, I think it was uh, Amy Berman Jackson, said, look, the Presidential Records Act gives the president essentially unbridled discretion to disclose records, to, to uh, denote records as personal versus presidential. And there's really no second guessing it. And the Justice Department told the court, said, well, you know, if he has those records after he leaves, they're, they're presumptively personal. So when this hits the fan last year about Trump and these records, I said, what's going on here? The Justice Department's taking a 180 degree different position. The archives is pretending the law requires them to turn over records when the court said no one can force them to turn over records. It can't be second guessed. And um, so uh, it's... <laughs> So sure enough, they use they use this as a pretext to raid him. Now, yeah. but the you know the dirty little side the, the side of that you know the mirror of that is then what about the vice president Pence and vice president Biden and Obama and Clinton because they were all operating under this presumption you know you basically take what you want you know you're you're the classifier in chief practically speaking and the declassifier in chief and uh, both under the Presidential Records Act and as a result of his inherent authority. 
you know, and of course, if Biden were honest and had effective counsel, in my view, rather than helping him cover up stuff, he, you know, he, he, someone would say, hey, look, I don't know what person, you know, this is where your personal lawyer comes in and says, I don't know what the Justice Department thinks, but I've looked at this case, these cases and I've looked at the law here and President Biden, you're being criminally investigated for doing nothing inappropriate under law. You have, under the Presidential Records Act, the vice president has the same unbridled authority <laughs> to denote records as personal versus private uh, government. And, um, and the presumption had been, if you have them with you after you leave, they're yours. And it doesn't mean that he has classified authorities beyond, you know, in separate instances. But under the Presidential Records Act, he has pretty much the same authority as the president statutorily. So that's a long way of saying is, Biden is innocent, but because his administration is abusing the law to target Trump, now it looks like they could be co-defendants. <laughs> kind of insanity. Yeah. And if I'm and if I'm George H. W. Bush's family, frankly, people, presidents who have died, presidents who are alive, vice presidents who are alive, they all should be worried. Yeah, we could. We should just have a document witch hunt and start going through every former president, vice president, DOJ can just go out there, FBI. I mean, they'd probably be better off doing that than they are doing a lot of the things that they've been doing recently. Well, I mean, um, it, it's it, it's easy and stupid, so it it, it apply. You know, the government kind of likes doing things like that, right? Yeah. Look, all, all kidding aside, though. Um, you know, the, the difference is, I mean, you really can't make this up. And clearly what Biden did yesterday, it was a time where he must have been you know, losing his mind a little bit to make the reference to the Corvette. I mean, really, really uh, stupid. Um, but but look, there's there is problems for Biden here, um, you know, because he was the vice president at the time. He he has these documents that are in multiple locations. I don't know if you, you, you caught that. They try to act like it was only two locations, but then there's like, well, there was some other documents somewhere else. The kitchen cabinet. But but we don't know that yet. Right, right. They haven't said kitchen cabinet. So where the hell were they? It must be, you know, and that's what they well, did, well, right? They rolled this out. They were being used. That suggests they were being used and reviewed after the fact. And well, well the said, bigger question, the bigger problem I have, you know, from an Intel perspective is if the reporting's accurate, these documents are about China, Russia, and Iran, our greatest enemies. So now we've had classified documents in the wild for seven years, moving from place to place. And from a former federal prosecutor perspective, where's the FBI and DOJ and the subpoena machine going now? Because campaign staffers handled those records, because the president's personal lawyers handled those records, the vice president's staffs handled those lawyers. If we're to take Joe Biden at his word and he doesn't know anything about anything, then all those people moved it illegally into places like kitchen cabinets, maybe that we still don't know about. So what I told President Trump yesterday was just let it keep coming, because as Devin alluded to, there's going to be so much more we find out. They're hiding it. They already know uh, where the binders of documents were and what other locations and where the movements were. And wait till we put up a map of how long these documents have been in the wild and how many miles they've traveled. All of it's illegal. And there's a whole corrupt cabal that needs to be investigated. But it, it falls to Congress and the new yeah, I think it's, I, I think the real difference here, Tom, to, for you to be correct, that the Presidential Records Act applies to Biden would mean that, hey, these left my office. They were in my office. I had the ability to bring those. I took those to wherever. Right. Um, but even with that, OK, that's where kind of that stops, because then at that point, 
Biden himself can 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 read them, but no one else can handle them. Yeah. I mean, when we would take documents, if we had to take a document from even within the Congress, Tom, if we had to take a document from, say, say the House Intelligence Committee, a classified, and I, document. a classified document, sorry, classified document, and I wanted my colleagues over in the Senate to see it, we would have to take it from one skiff in a bag, locked, yeah. okay, walk it 100 yards into, into the Senate skiff. And then unlock it in front of people. And then if we had to take it back, we'd take it back. I mean, so the whole idea here that these would be sitting in a garage or sitting at this, this you know, bogus pin center thing that's across <laughs> Russia. I mean, it's just, it's laughable. It's so ridiculous. Criminal syndicate. You know, and, and, and of course, you know, I think he's, quote, innocent, right? But of course, I'm not running the Justice Department. They've taken a legal position that there's criminal liability for keeping these records, as you suggest, Devin. And I don't... Um, you know, when it comes right down to it, I'm not convinced that they came from his office. I mean, we're making this presumption mm. based on their statements that you can't rely upon that these right. came from the vice president's office. No, I mean, I'm thinking Hunter had, had records, oh, wow. he, you know, he just had his own collection. Wow. And he kept, I mean, to me, the kind of the scattershot nature of this, suggests that Joe, you know, I don't think Joe was reading anything. I think Hunter had this material all over creation. Yeah, look, I think that's probably closer to right. I mean, I, because, because look, even the Penn Center documents, right? So the Penn Center, we let, we find out later that the Penn Center didn't open up until 2018. Yeah. So, you know, look, I, I actually think, Tom, you're, you're on to something and, with the with the archives and the national archives had to have known people must have started asking questions after the mar-a-lago the crazy mar-a-lago mm -hmm. mar raid that obama that the obama biden team at the doj so all the russia hoaxers got promoted they're at the top of the doj they worked with all the never trumpers all over the country uh, never trumpers meaning republicans who who just hate trump and they concocted, look, if we can do a raid on Mar-a-Lago, people will, will, will say, oh, my God, this president's really done something wrong now. They knew there wasn't – they suspected, I think, that there were Russiagate documents there, which, oh, yeah. were, which were not there, ones that, should, that, were, that were declassified. And I think they're worried about those getting out. But they used it as a pretext to go in to Mar-a-Lago and hopefully find anything and everything because that – and we know that from, and Cash, you tell this better than I do, but we know that from the warrant that was was wide-ranging. I mean, the between the archives and the intelligence agencies, if they don't know what these classified documents are, I mean, we got bigger problems within the intelligence agencies and the archives because they should have been able to go to the court and say, we're missing document one, two, five, and eight from this set of doc, from, from this set, they're classified, we know Trump has them. We got to go get them. That's what that warrant should have said. It didn't say that. And the fact that I mean, it's just infuriating now to me that and hopefully, you know, Congress will continue to press on this because this this is not just a two tier justice system. This is the weaponization of the Justice Department. So I say that Monaco and all all the dirty cops there, they all thought this was going to they were going to be treated as heroes. <laughs> They were going to go in there. They would either find the Russiagate docs. And if they didn't find the Russiagate docs, they would find something else. But instead, the American people said, this is wrong. 
And I think it actually unified people around, around Trump. Then at that point, organizations, Tom, you know, people like you, that they probably started asking questions around the archives. The archive liberals there know Congress is going to come after them. And they said, whoa, we got a problem here with these. There's, there's some actual missing documents yeah. here. My guess is they were checked out. That's my guess. They oh, were checked out. So that's interesting. So the librarians have now also politicized law enforcement in the history of the United States. And you guys are the political experts. But just I just want to reference, as a former federal prosecutor, I just want to touch back on the warrant. I call it the WhatsApp warrant because on the warrant to raid Mar-a-Lago, the warrant was conducted in front of a federal judge via WhatsApp. It says that. Zuckerberg literally had this warrant on his wire systems because the FBI couldn't take it seriously enough to go in front of the judge in person. They were transferring what I think is classified information to get the probable cause on the warrant. And that's the seriousness in which they took it. They, they have destroyed the judicial process for federal prosecutors going forward because they said, who's the target? We'll just make it up as we go along. And I want people to realize that because say your friends are getting subjected to targeting. Say, who's had the FBI show up at their door and deliver them a subpoena? This guy has. I don't know who's behind the curtain except Merrick Garland and all the bad actors from Russiagate, John Carlin, Lisa Monaco, all these people I used to work for. And they're writing these types of warrants and making a whole new set of rules because Donald Trump's the target. The question is, are they going to apply those same criminal rules to investigate Joe Biden and his cabal? I don't think so. Well, you know, and, and then, you know, the nice thing about I shouldn't say the nice thing. One of the features of, of corrupt activity is it's usually Keystone uh, cop light. You know, we laugh at the guys who get caught, you know, locked, locking themselves in the in the store they're intending to rob and things like that. Well, the government, <laughs> you know, government crooks are no much better. So there should have been someone who said, wait, wait, what about this records thing? Well, how does it apply to, to, yeah. to Biden? How does it apply to these other presidents? And someone, I'm sure some hack said, oh, don't worry about that. We're just going to nail Trump. Right. And so archives, as I think you're right, started getting nervous. Maybe someone smart in the Justice Department and the Biden people started getting nervous. Uh, you know, and I know that happened with the Hillary Clinton stuff. They start sending letters to other cabinet agencies and other cabinet officials and former secretaries of state. Oh, by the way, do you have any documents you took with you after you left? Pretend, you know, trying to equalize it to help Hillary. But in this case, it just exposes that um, I don't even think it's a double standard at this, at this point, I think it's quadruple standards for Trump. Yeah. So, so Hillary gets protected for leaving with classified information that she never had any right to have. So there's no question there. Trump gets, uh, then bill gets protected. So just even before that bills protected for keeping presidential records that are seemingly classified. Probably that's the law. And then Trump comes around they do a twist completely on the law. And then now with Biden, no subpoena yeah. that we're aware of, no grand jury that we're aware of, no raids that we're aware of. And in fact, you have active cover-ups and um, uh, uh, going on for months uh, with NARA. Because remember with NARA, they, they started leaking the Trump stuff within a few weeks of, of him turning that material over. And... Um, you know, and then you had the Biden administration for no reason other than to embarrass Trump, start leaking pictures and putting him in the court record of the uh, FBI of, of the alleged classified records that were in his own home down in Mar-a-Lago. Yeah. The, uh, the, by the way, Tom, the, the they spread Trump out on the floor. 
Yeah, yeah. the photo op. Yeah. The photo hey, op. They, the they're photo. the ones who did it, the FBI. I mean, that's, I mean, Trump didn't have those documents like that. And they were just cover sheets. We don't even know what was under them because right. the cover sheets themselves, as but, you guys all know, are not classified. Right. The cover sheets, you could just take a, a picture of off, off, off of uh, the Internet. Yeah. Just go and Google it. it. You can probably like find Biden it. Biden and Trump did the same thing. I mean, to, to, you know, to be charitable for Biden, he had classified records he was keeping and he was putting them with his other effects, which highlight the fact that they considered them to be personal and he was taking them with them which is exactly what it looks like Trump was doing, that there were records that he wanted to keep and he had a right to keep as president of the United States under the Presidential Records Act. And, and, and they were sent along with him. You know, there, there was no basis to harass him on this. And, you know, if, and, and this is what I would have done if I were Trump. If they wanted the records back and there was a dispute about their nature and, you know, they broke, they kind of rethought this class. Well, you know, that arguably you have a right to them, but it's a terrible thing for you to have them or whatever, or we should get them back. And they wanted to pick a fight on that. Trump, to the degree Trump gave them back, and he did give back what he was asked to give back. He should have said, I'm giving these back, but these are all my personal records, by the way. And um, I'm sharing them with you voluntarily. Uh, but instead, initially, he's like, well, these are presidential records. And in my view, that was a mistake. Uh, and he was advised poorly in, in saying that uh, because they used that admission against him to raid his home. And of yeah. course, Biden had no worries in that regard, right? Because right. if you the instinct should have been, I mean, I'm, I, I immediately noticed, you know, I, I kind of say, well, you know, I'm not that smart. If I can figure out if this is the rule for Trump, why isn't it the rule for other presidents and former vice presidents? And shouldn't it be applied there? And boy, aren't they nervous it might be applied to them? So they all knew this. This was, as you were highlighting, they all knew this was coming for Biden. And the goal was to keep it past the election, to make it easier to, to smear Trump going into the election season. Uh, this is election rigging again, 101. Yep. So, Tom, you've been very gracious with your time today, and we really appreciate you joining us. Just uh, before we before we close, um, what do you think? Where do you think the Republicans? What are the? Because I know you're always looking at, you know, investigations that are going on in the House. I know you're very keen on that because just to watch you guys specialize uh, in investigating malfeasance in the government. Uh, what are your top, say, two or three or four investigations that House Republicans? are conducting um, and, you know, and what order is that in, in terms of your opinion from Judicial Watch? Well, you know, the challenge is, Devin, and I'm sure you, you could cash saw this when you were up there. They set so many fires on the horizon, it's hard to know which one's the rush to. Yeah. You know, we have a border invasion. We have the Justice Department and the FBI targeting thousands of Americans based on opposition to the Biden administrations uh, or the Biden election, you know, disputing that. You have the abuse of Trump. You have the massive age, you know, multi-agency censorship of American citizens impacting people by the millions. So there's a lot to get to. And if I were advising them, and, you know, I've been quite public in this, is that uh, they should escalate this. It should be an impeachment inquiry. doesn't mean you're saying I'm going to impeach him. You're saying this is the rubric under which we're going to be investigating everything. And it makes it harder for them to avoid disclosure. Uh, but in the least, the way they should approach it is let's let's 
let's say, you know, we know what they did, okay? Now, we may have more details we want, but we're in the penalty phase. We're not in the investigative phase. The investigative phase comes two years and nothing could be done. I would be setting deadlines saying, this is our goal in terms of doing something about what the FBI did or what this individual did in government or changing this law or clawing back this money, restricting these funds. And this is these are the penalty phase. These are the penalties or impeachment or criminal referrals. And they need to figure yeah. out what they're doing in that regard and get it done by the end of the year. I, I think you're exactly right. Um, you know, we they know, we know so much. The public knows so much, largely from the investigations that we started back in '17, and it's kind of just all the same and all related. You know, time for talk is over. Durham's doing his thing. You know, hopefully he can continue uh, to bring more more uh, indictments. I'm not sure that that's going to happen, but but you know, hope springs eternal here. But I agree with you, Tom. Like, time for talks over. Like, they need to set deadlines and then impeach. And that seemed to be, quite frankly, that was the only thing that got got DOJ off their ass back in the day, back in 17 and 18. And then lo and behold, they turned around and investigated us when we were investigating them. And I think the Republicans need to watch out for that uh, also. But but Tom Cash, thanks a lot. Thanks no, for being it's here. It's been fun. Thank yeah. you so much. And Tom, thank you. And we'll see you uh, next week, huh? Yep. The big, big donor event next week. And um, we'll have a nice, uh, a great guest down there in addition to you guys. Well, we're looking forward to uh, being there and uh, and speaking to all the great people that support Judicial Watch. So with that, this is Devin Nunes, first time of the year. Podcast is back. And uh, Tom Fitton, you can follow him on True Social and you can follow Judicial Watch on True Social. We'll catch you next time. Thank you. Tell your neighbor, tell your friend.